Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Our Matrix server is about as free as Internet chat can be. Join the existing rooms or create your own at chat.freetalklive.com. Welcome back to Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. It's institutional, systematic, human-on-human violence, always ready to act, always acting. So, let's turn now to Michael Bolden and the Tenth Amendment Center as he gives us a quick overview and a reminder of what some of the founders had to say and some of the things the states are doing to nullify, because it's not all dark. There have been some successes. You look at marijuana on many, many state legislative levels in utter opposition to the federal government, and perhaps more. Let's see. From Michael, good guy. Good morning, and thank you for joining me on the Path to Liberty. I'm Michael Bolden with the Tenth Amendment Center, and this is the show for Monday, January 22nd, 2024. And today I've got a status report, some updates and news from the 10th Amendment and nullification movement. Some important in legislation, some important legislation has already moved forward in places like New Hampshire, even Wisconsin, and in Missouri. Plus, I'm going to point you to a bunch of bills up for consideration defending the Second Amendment from constant federal attacks, rejecting financial surveillance in support of sound money, and much more. But first, a quick, a quick reminder of the strategy that we use on how to stop the feds without waiting for the federal government to magically do something that it absolutely never does, which is limit its own power. Uh, And for that, let's go to the founders, well, a couple of them at least, just to to highlight what we work on. Hear from James Madison, the so-called father of the Constitution, writing in Federalist number 46 on how to defeat federal power by individuals and states. And he said that they should use legislative devices on the state level or local level, because that's part of the state, and a refusal to cooperate with officers of the union. That's James Madison in Federalist number 46. There's also Alexander Hamilton, if we... (laughs) Want to include everybody. We want to be inclusive here. So even Hamilton. Here he is in Federalist number 33 discussing the limits of power delegated to the federal government and the Constitution and, of course, rejecting the notion that the supremacy clause would authorize unlimited federal power. He said acts of the large society which are not pursuant to its constitutional powers will be merely acts of usurpation and will deserve to be treated as such. An act of usurpation is not law. An act of usurpation is actually a theft of power from the sovereign or final authority, the people of the several states. And so if they're stealing power, you don't just abide by it and beg the thief to just give it back. You reject it or you push back in various ways. Now, we've covered this in many, many episodes. I do want to point you to one because I've got a zillion examples of supporters of the Constitution saying basically the same thing. It's up to the people and the states to keep the federal government in check when the feds refuse to follow the rules. And for us, that's 24 7, 365. I cover this in here's one episode how to respond 
two unconstitutional acts that will be linked to in the show notes over at 10th amendment slash path to liberty a couple hours after the live stream is done here this morning now these tools of using the states and legislative devices and the people refusing to cooperate with officers of the union they don't do much good unless the people in the states actually use them so with that let's take a look at some of the ways that people are trying to use these tools here in 2024 and i want to point to a, a bill that passed in Utah, in the Utah Senate, it has to go through the Utah House still, Senate Bill 57, this passed just last week, Friday, by a vote of 22 to 9. So I think it was probably party lines. But this is actually not a really, it's not a bad bill. It just doesn't do amazing things. It sets the foundation for them to do stuff that they already have the authorization to do. Hopefully I can make sense. On Friday, this is a report by Mike Meharry. The Utah Senate passed a bill titled the Constitutional Sovereignty Act that would create a process to end state and local enforcement of some federal actions in the state and set the stage to stop them in practice and effect. So this is from Senator Scott Sandal, House Senate Bill 57 in Utah. And Mike writes that under the proposed law, the Utah legislature would have the authority to pass a concurrent resolution prohibiting a state or a local government officer. So anybody who works for state or local government from enforcing or or assisting in the enforcement of what they call a federal directive within the state. So federal acts, federal executive orders, uh, federal laws, whatever, federal regulations, etc. If the legislature determines that that federal directive, for example, violates the principles of state sovereignty, if they think that the federal government shouldn't be doing it, or if they think it's a bad policy because it's infringing on the choices that the people of the state of Utah should be making, they can introduce and pass, if they decide to, pass a concurrent resolution and just specifically explain, hey, we're going to stop complying or part not complying, but stop participating in helping the federal government implement or effectuate this particular act or regulatory program. If it passes, I think, by two-thirds vote and then the governor signs it, it goes into an impact uh, in effect absolutely at that moment. So it's like an emergency measure. Now, would you be surprised that the mainstream media is absolutely going nuts about this? Mind you, it's not ending the enforcement of anything today. They're just saying, well, this is the process we're going to use. We're going to look at anything that the federal government has on the books, anything that the federal government might try to throw at us at some point in the future, and we're just going to say, hey, it's hands off. If you guys want to do this, you figure out how to do this. Now, the Salt Lake Tribune, of course, hates it. And here, the title of the report that they put out on this one, Can Utah Ignore Federal Laws and Regulations? Legal precedent says no, but legislators want to try. Now, I don't, I could spend an entire episode just taking apart this particular uh, report. Unfortunately, even one of the supporters of the bill has no idea what the bill is doing or the legal precedent behind it. So we shouldn't be surprised at the people who hate the principles of the Constitution, who uh, don't even claim to support this type of stuff, are going to be railing against it when even the good guys, some of the good guys who are, who are supposed to be the good guys, are getting it wrong. So here's how they put it. On Thursday, now this was, it goes through two votes. So it had one vote on Thursday and, a, and the final vote on Friday when it officially passed the state senate now it is in the state house so on thursday the utah senate advanced a bill to create a process that allows the legislature to ignore federal laws and regulations if they think those mandates are unconstitutional now there's already two errors in that first sentence first of all it doesn't say that the utah legislature is ignoring anything 
The Utah legislature isn't required by the federal government to participate in the enforcement of anything the federal government does. The Utah legislature doesn't do any of that anyway, so the legislature isn't complying or ignoring. And they are not saying it only if they think the measure is unconstitutional. Of course, there are various ways that they can determine a federal directive should not be enforced in the state. One of them in the legislation is they think it's their opinion that uh, it goes beyond the limits of the 10th Amendment, or if it just is bad policy. So it's not only about constitutionality. Actually, the legislation gets this right. This report gets it wrong. Usually it's a little bit of both. Uh, so that's actually technically incorrect on that because no one's ignoring anything. They're just saying, hey, we don't think you should be, we don't like this, and you can figure out how to enforce it. We're just not going to help you. And I'm going to get to the legal doctrine behind that, which the Salt Lake Tribune and almost everyone else seems to be absolutely clueless about. And they say, however, the Supreme Court has repeatedly ruled that states do not have such authority. Now, again, if we read the text of the legislation, it just says we're going to stop enforcing. They're not going to impede federal uh, officials. They're not trying to make the law, overturn the law, uh, like basically replacing the Supreme Court, which is what it seems like the Salt Lake Tribune is complaining. What they're doing is they're using a long-held legal precedent that the Supreme Court has upheld from 1842 all the way most recently, I think it was 2018, in a series of five major cases. Now, the first quote that I cited today was from James Madison. James Madison, the father of the Constitution, told us that the way to keep the federal government in check is for states to use legislative devices and for states and individuals to refuse to cooperate with officers of the union. So if the father of the Constitution says this is how you keep the feds in line when they go beyond what they're supposed to be doing, and Madison even said this is for what he called unwarrantable measures, measures that you think are unconstitutional or warrantable but unpopular bad policy constitutional it's the same process just stop helping them stop participating that's how you bring these programs to an end without having to rely on the federal government to magically limit its own power which never happens so the supreme court has actually upheld this viewpoint in a series of cases they've long held this is another article by mike meharry they've long held that states do not have to actively participate in the enforcement or effectuation of federal acts or regulatory programs. There's a series of cases. 1842 is Prig versus Pennsylvania. This will be linked to in the show notes so you can get an overview of each of these cases and you can go and read them on your own time if you want to read the whole thing. Uh, but the main one that most people cite on this is Prince versus United States in 1997. This is one of the good ones from uh, Scalia. He said the federal government may neither issue, this is a so this was already upholding 1842, another case of 1992. So it's reiterated. We just keep seeing it, the support, the same thing over and over and over. And of course, we don't want to rely on the Supreme Court to tell us what we have permission to do. But certainly when they do get it right, it is certainly a lot easier to make the case because these people don't even know what they're talking about in the Salt Lake Tribune. So the federal government may neither issue directives requiring states to address particular problems nor command the state's officers or those of their political subdivisions to administer or enforce a federal act or regulatory program or federal regulatory program. It matters not whether policymaking is involved and no case-by-case weighing of the burdens or benefits is necessary. Such commands are fundamentally incompatible with our constitutional system of dual sovereignty. I mean, I I want to pause it there, folks. Just go back a little bit so you can see here. Uh, the actual case 
had to do with the Brady Act, and you can see here is the Brady gun bill. Sheriffs Jay Prince and Richard Mack sued the federal government, arguing that the provisions of these particular provisions of the Brady gun bill unconstitutionally forced them to administer a federal program. And you can see there, Justice Antonin Scalia agreed, writing in the majority opinion, quote, it is apparent that the Brady Act purports to direct state law enforcement officers to participate, albeit only temporarily, in the administration of a federally enacted regulatory scheme. So I want to come back and just stress what I've been stressing the past couple of weeks, the difference between the founders' original idea that we are all the militia and what we have today and what against which they warned, a standing army. And David Knight brought this up because Joe Biden brought up his ridiculous, slippery and absolutely evil, sinister line of what are you going to do with your AR-15? Take on an F-16? Huh? What are you going to do? Huh? Huh? And, uh, you know, meanwhile, he wants to go around sniffing your hair. Uh, so uh, the the point about it is that the founders had a system and it was supposed to be a very, very uh, laborious, delicate system by which we were all the members of the militia inside the states in which we lived, semi-sovereign, until such point under certain constitutional provisions, the Congress either declared war or the legislature or the governor of another state requested militia aid to maintain their constitutional form of government against insurrection, invasion, or violence. Article 4, Section 4. There's not supposed to be a standing U.S. Army or U.S. Marines or U.S. Air Force. Not supposed to be standing. They only organize and operate under federal control when there is a declaration of war or under Article 4, Section 4. That's it, period. That's the argument, and it is Lockdown airtight. So, with that being stated, if we start to look at, of course, those are the arguments, but in practice, what has happened? Year after year of parades, Veterans Day, Americans going out to fight in World War II, you get this buildup of admiration and respect for the people who engaged in international conflicts during a time of declared war on World War II. You get even my dad met Civil War veterans that were recruited in the Union, Union Army and all these different types of things, right? And people lose the original meaning, the original terminology, the original systemic way that it is supposed to operate tied to the terminology, tied to those very important terms like militia, like what happens, how does the militia exist, when can it operate, how does it operate, under whom, right? So these types of things, they're not that complex, but they get smothered beneath parades and pageantry and flags and honor and how can you not, you know, how can you be dismissive of the American U.S. military? They sacrifice so much and all those things. And many people are very patriotic when they go into the military. Most everybody probably is, right? But it's not the way it's supposed to work. And so they use this sense of I'm sticking up for my neighbor, I'm standing for the American way and the flag and fireworks and all these things to actually hide what they're really doing, which is an injustice to the system that the founders created. And so we get to the practical point of, well, what happens on a major thing 
like we might have seen with the with the 1960s with the uh, um, uh, desegregation stuff that led into the 70s. You know, kids being shipped halfway across Massachusetts just to go to school an hour and a half, and they could go 20 minutes from their house or 15 minutes walk to school. They got to get bused an hour away. That sort of stuff. Or we look at other things where the federal government has risen up and attacked inside states using U.S. military service people. So this is very important to consider because theoretically and on principle, according to the Constitution, so-called principle, it's really not principle. It's, it's the tradition of the Constitution. It's the oath that they take, right? But the Constitution is an imposition. That's not principle. It's an imposition on me. But according to the game they promise they're going to play as they claim power over us, there are supposed to be certain limitations. So what happens when these start rubbing up against each other or, or, or hitting each other like rams on a mountainside? we got the governor of Texas, the legislature of Texas, now is one ram, and we got Joe Biden and his hair plugs as the other ram, right? Well, Biden clearly has no problem in threatening to use U.S. military force. They already have the ATF. They already have the DHS. They've got the Border Patrol. Those guys are carrying friggin' submachine guns. Some of them have grenades, right? They've got dogs. They can make the dogs trip on your, you know, jump on your car and say, oh, now I've got, I've got justification to go search your car. Get out, right? It's a police state. And until people start to question these terminologies, until they become uh, this terminology, until they become conversant and fluid in being able to discuss these things with people, we're going to run into problems. And it doesn't take a lot of advancement. It takes people like Mike, Mike, Michael Bolden, Michael, Mike Meharry, David Knight, you, because you're fluid on these things. You can talk about these things. You can remember these nuggets and take them away with you, right? So that's, that's what I try to do here to get these various pieces that we can put out there and you know not every night can can uh something be that memorable or whatever but hopefully these chunks remain people can go back and say oh i want to watch that again i want to get some uh, research material on this i want to i want to you know send that to somebody uh, i'm familiar with it I'd, I'd like to talk to somebody about it now we may never win but we're doing right so anyway uh continuing with michael i went back just a little bit incompatible with our constitutional system of dual sovereignty. I mean, I could talk about this dual sovereignty thing, but a short version is if the federal government passes something, it is up to the federal government to figure out how to do it. Now, if the states agree, let's say they say, okay, well, we're going to agree to do this for X amount of loot. Well, then they've made an agreement. And they, if they violate that agreement, they're going to stop getting the money that they were promised to get in order to help the feds. And that's how it happens a lot of times. So, I mean, if they lose money, they lose money. That's Sooner or later, someone's got to stop taking these bribes. And I know during the process, someone in Utah actually tried to include an amendment to basically poison pill the legislation uh, by adding some text that said we won't uh, use this in any situation where we might lose money. So basically all of them. So if the feds stop uh, handing out loot and the states just stop complying with them, it makes a big difference. Anyways, here, the most recent case in the anti-commandeering doctrine is Murphy versus NCAA in 2018. This was a sports betting case. And Samuel Alito wrote for the majority, I think it was uh, I think it was six to three, maybe it was seven to two. It was easy peasy on this one. The anti-commandeering doctrine may sound arcane, but it is simply the expression of a fundamental structure, structural decision incorporated into the Constitution. For example, the decision to withhold from Congress the power to issue orders directly to the states. 
conspicuously absent from the list of powers given to Congress is the power to issue direct orders to the governments of the states. The anti-commandeering doctrine simply represents the recognition of this limit on congressional authority. So House or Senate Bill 57 in Utah is basically just saying this is how we're going to use this legal doctrine and what so many other states have been doing for so long uh, on things like um, cannabis legalization in response to the Real ID Act and the like, just saying we're not going to do this. Of course, the immigration sanctuaries, cities and states have been following this particular legal precedent for a long time. And every time it goes to federal court, the federal court rules against the federal government because of this longstanding legal principle. So. All right. We'll pause it right there, everybody, because I want to give you one other thing. If you were watching David Knight's show, he brought this up. And again, he turned to the Tenth Amendment Center. And I don't know if I still have it in a tab, but you can find it on my Twitter slash X feed. So let me go over and scroll down here real quick to show you. Uh, by the way, there's an amazing video um, that I'll show you a little bit later of a piano player in a, um, a train station, I believe, in England as a cop comes over to him and starts hassling him. And it's just it's just excellent. Russell Brand went went through it today. And, you know, he did it with his usual aplomb. Very, very funny, very witty, but also sort of aghast at the way that the police was uh, treating this guy. There it is. Uh, let me blow this up a little larger for you. Uh, the guy was just live streaming, a, a, a playing a piano that was out there for people to play. And uh, it was it was amazing. It was just amazing to see. And uh, he was very courageous. And he's just a guy, I believe he just, you know, does live streaming of music and things like that. And it's just amazing. Um, so here is the one that David brought up. Oklahoma bills would exclude CBDC from state definition of money. Excellent, excellent stuff. That's one of numerous states that are doing that. New Hampshire is getting close to that as well. So it's a big, big deal. And if you want to use some cryptocurrency, that's different. But central bank digital currency, that's another area where if the federal government puts it forward, these folks are ready to blast it to pieces. Excellent stuff to see. And if you're interested and you want to get some more information about Brutus, there's Brutus 15, March 20th, 1788. As he notes, the, the tendency for the Supreme Court to act like its own thing, he says, the Supreme Court have a right independent of the legislature to give a con construction to the Constitution and every part of it, and there is no power provided in this system to correct their construction or do it away, which is why everybody battles over who's going to be on the Supreme Court, right? We'll return with more Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. Liberty Conspiracy can be found every Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Rumble, Rockman, and my Twitter account. That is at Gard Goldsmith, G-A-R-D Goldsmith. Thanks so much for listening, one and all. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. 
Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. USA News Update. A Manhattan federal jury concluded Friday that former President Donald Trump is liable to pay $83.3 million to writer E. Jean Carroll. That's for public statements he made in 2019, which disparaged Carroll and denied her rape allegations. The White House is upholding its support for Israel in response to the International Court of Justice's ruling, which calls on Israel to minimize the civilian death toll in Gaza. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said the court's decision aligns with the administration's stance that Israel should reduce civilian casualties in its conflict with Hamas. The U.S. is intensifying efforts to secure the release of remaining hostages held by Hamas in Gaza. CIA Director William Burns is scheduled to meet with officials from Israel and Qatar this weekend amid the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. John Schaefer, USA News. Have you ever watched a video on the Internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. We still do email. Drop your email address in the entry box at freetalklive.com and you'll be kept in the loop with Free Talk Live. 
Welcome back to Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. I'm Gardner Goldsmith, and you can find the Liberty Conspiracy live every Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Rockfin, on Rumble, and my Twitter slash X, which is at Gard, G-A-R-D, Goldsmith. On the border, one and all. Thank you, Al Stewart. Boats go out across the evening water, smuggling guns and mines across the Spanish border. The wind whips up the waves aloud, the ghost moon sails among the clouds, turns the rifles into silver on the border. What a great song. Boy, oh boy, Al Stewart, what a talent. So let's talk about the border, everybody. And for that, first I want to turn to the crazy, and I actually made some notes here. So let me let me just make sure I've got this right. Uh, yeah, I, and I, I even noted, noted this down to myself. I said, you know, you know, the news flow is definitely a flood. It's a white-capped river, one story after another. Years ago... We saw violence and murder in so-called sanctuary cities. Europe saw Libyan and Syrian refugees flooding them, and they called it a European refugee crisis when they weren't European refugees. That was, that was quite amazing. Then we had Trump's empty and unconstitutional rhetoric regarding the border. It's going to be the best border that I never actually control, even though I think that the Constitution says so. And I'm going to promote it to all the people who willingly agree, but they never find the word immigration in the Constitution. Let's just pretend it's romper room. I see Alejandro. I see Mayorkas. Uh, Then we had Alejandro Mayorkas at DHS actually not complying with people like Jim Jordan and others who wanted to find out not how many encounters they had, but how many actual returns they had after they processed these people. Uh, Then we started to hear about how they were giving uh, illegal immigrants a phone app, 200,000 of them, to fly anywhere they wanted inside the United States. Then we started to hear a proposal that rather than doing gun walking into Mexico, as Eric Holder did in Fast and Furious, which was an idea that actually started in the George W. Bush administration, they were going to be sending the DHS Border Patrol agents into Mexico to set up basically ways that the migrants could get into the United States and find places to stay, almost like travel agents. We had reports yesterday, as we mentioned, thanks to the good people at Redacted. Here we go. little Redacted hat. Uh, Michael Yon was down there in Panama describing some of the things that he was seeing. And so there has been, it's just the flow of information. This is why I just kept thinking of whitewater and, you know, white caps on the rivers. You know, if anybody's gone whitewater after my brother used to do that all the time. I've never been able to, I'd love to be able to do it. And, uh, and, you know, it's just, one thing after another. So occasionally these things are good to remember, maybe. I, I think so, at least for the construction of this show. Go back a little bit, spend about 90 seconds going through some of these things, and then get into some of the larger stories. Most recently, we saw things about New York, 
Of course, we saw things about Chicago, of course, buses going into New York and then the uh, patently unconstitutional attempt by the mayor of New York to uh, actually seize buses if they find that they're coming from Texas, which then prompted the buses to switch their uh, passengers over in New Jersey. I mean, just ridiculous stuff. It's like it's like a farce. It's like some crazy Seinfeld episode. Who are these people? What's going on? Uh, Kramer, I don't get it. Oh, Jerry. Anyway, um, so so they can blame it all on Newman. Hello, Newman. Of course, he was responsible for Jurassic Park going to pieces as well. So anyway, so all that stuff, we got uh, hotels near Gillette Stadium and the Patriots, uh, the Patriots Stadium for the Army-Navy game uh, being taken up by the government of Massachusetts, granting the Asylum Seekers Asylum based on a 1986 Dukakis-era statute that says they have to give them food and medical care and free housing for as long as they want, up to two years. It's just awesome. So we've had all those things. Now, let me show you the latest from the North, and then we'll go to the story from the South, okay? Here is Howie Carr, and he says it pretty darn well. Guess what's happening in Logan Airport? And Howie makes a very good point. I've had numerous problems going into Logan Airport just trying to stop to pick somebody up. Got to keep circling around because you can't stop. Why can't you stop? Because, of course, the federal government claims control over the security, the collectivist control over the security of an airport in Boston. Yeah, they've done such great work all the time, haven't they? Well, let's hear what Howie has to say and a, a bit of a cultural comparison, you might say. Maybe a double standard notification. It's like it's like you can't stop your car for a minute outside of a terminal at Logan Airport without the state police swarming over you. Yet at the same time, they're allowing illegal aliens to live in the terminal and have their food and other niceties delivered to them by the state police on overtime. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. He's right. He's right. By the way, I slept overnight at Logan Airport one time, and it was uh, it was rough. It was it was a difficult experience, that's for sure. So, okay, we've got the governor of Massachusetts and her double speak. Uh, the way she originally was saying that uh, she she's proud to think, oh, love that sin of pride, huh? She's proud to think that certain Massachusetts cities who want to call themselves sanctuary cities, anthropomorphizing the cities as well. They can call themselves cities as uh, uh, sanctuary cities as if they're people, you know, uh, as if everybody agrees, that sort of stuff. And, of course, we have the taxpayer-funded subsidies that she wants even more to come to Massachusetts, which is why a little later, in a seeming double standard, even though she kept promoting the sanctuary cities idea, she declared an emergency, giving all these people free places to stay. And then, of course, approaching Alejandro Mayorkas to say, give me some money. Yes, indeed. You know what I want. So now let's go to Texas. Now, I'm not going to play uh, Mexican radio, although I could. I could do, like, a whole bunch of different border songs uh, tonight. That's for darn sure. But here is the piece that uh, prompted me to get about four hours of sleep. And uh, kudos. Again, Eric Scheider, they were so busy 
that Brittany Hughes, the editor, was unable to edit this one. She had all sorts of stuff going on. She has to, she does a, a live show uh, and so on. Actually, I think they record and they put it out about an hour after she records it. Uh, but uh, Brittany was super busy. So Eric Shiner handled the editing on this one. And here it is. Multiple red states back Abbott and Texas defiance of Biden on the border. On the border. So here it is, everybody. Here's the latest. I'll give it to you. I'll list the states that are backing. Some of these, actually, a lot of people were unaware of this, but uh, both South Dakota and Florida already, uh, more uh, back in 2021, Ron DeSantis declared that he would allow his National Guard soldiers, uh, militia, really, uh, under his command to go to Texas. So, and again, you know, right now I'm going to be talking just basically on the uh, U.S. Constitution side of things. Okay, uh, I'm a voluntarist, so all of this stuff is just sort of me, like looking in uh, at the in, into the fishbowl, you know, into the aquarium, watching what's going on there, and trying to describe it as best I can. Uh, so, here it is: the battle between the feds and the government of Texas, and now numerous members of the Texas National Guard, as well as many so-called red state governments that are pledging to join Texas Governor Greg Abbott is the biggest constitutional conflict since most of us were born. It is not a standoff. It is active, dynamic, kinetic, and already has seen the governors of Georgia, Montana, Florida, Oklahoma, South Dakota, and Virginia, not only backing Greg Abbott in Texas and his legal team's argument in favor of state border authority, but also has seen these governors pledge to send their National Guard troops to Texas to protect that state's southern border and to defy, possibly to fight, armed federal attempts to usurp their constitutionally insured state prerogatives. Now, I just want to mention, everybody, I am serious about this, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. If you think my ideas, my position might be a little bit off here. I think that since the 1960s and the segregation movements during the civil rights era, there has not been something as, as conflicting between the states and the federal government. I don't think there's anything like it. Now, we've had massive things like the Patriot Act and a lot of things that have seen the growth of government. But the conflict on a federal level, a a confederated level, I don't think there's been anything like this. And it's going to get more intense. It's going to get very intense. So, yeah. Uh, So here's some more. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, January 24th, expanded on his 2021 pledge to send National Guard support to Texas, announcing on X, quote, if the Constitution really made states powerless to defend themselves against an invasion, it wouldn't have been ratified in the first place, and Texas would have never joined the Union when it did. Texas is upholding the law while Biden is flouting it. Florida will keep assisting Texas with personnel and assets, end quote. I wrote South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, Republican, also reiterated her 2021 pledge to support Abbott in his government's attempt to police its southern border with Mexico, announcing on X, at Greg Abbott, Tex is 
exactly right to invoke Texas's constitutional authority to defend itself. The Biden administration has created a national security crisis and puts Americans in danger. Their failure is an unconstitutional dereliction of duty. South Dakota has been proud to help Governor Abbott's efforts to secure our border. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, January 24th, exed, Virginia stands with Texas. At Greg Abbott TX is doing the job Joe Biden and his border czar refused to do to secure our border. The Biden administration has turned every state into a border state. We must stop the flow of fentanyl, save lives, and secure our southern border. End quote. Oklahoma governors, Kevin Stitt, Republican, also declared support via X, reposting a video clip of marching Texas Guard troops and stating, quote, Oklahoma stands with Texas. And if you go over here, here's the link. Here's the video. You can see this right there. I won't hit the volume or anything. It's just guys marching along. But uh, there you go. Okay, right on. Now, I'm going to pause on the reading of that because I want to give you an example of the way the Biden administration is speaking about this. All right. So my plan here is to go back and forth. Now I want to give you this one. It is John Kirby. First, we're going to focus on what Kirby says. And then the second part of this, you can see here that this is part one. The second part of this, I'm going to focus on what Martha McCallum of Fox News was saying. So John Kirby with Fox News' Martha McCallum. This is just audio, okay? Check this out. And listen to what he has to say. I'm reminded of the clip that we showed of Kamala Harris yesterday saying basically things we already know. Uh, that, well, you know, it's the same old stuff. We've got to devote more resources. We have a system in place. We do this. We do that. Well, clearly... Clearly, you aren't being honest with people because the system you're employing is seeing millions of people come into the United States unvetted, and you aren't upholding the statutes that were passed, even those even though those are unconstitutional, you people keep claiming you've got a federal role to engage in this, and then you don't do anything. Listen to John Kirby. He's as bad on this as he has been about Israel, saying, well, there's a procedure in place, and while we keep giving them weapons, we expect them to adhere to the procedure. Here we go. I think that these voters want to see more money go to processing people to get into this country, or do you think they want to see the money go to turn people away and to to stop the influx? Oh my goodness! I don't think I'm qualified to speak for the American people and what they would, uh, what they specifically want to see about uh, immigration changes. What I would like to, t- to tell them is that uh, President Biden has, since the very beginning, since day one, been concerned about our immigration policy and and calling for reform. Okay, so let's stop that right there, everybody. Uh, I'm going to play that again, uh, just to parse it and pick it apart, like, you know, a piece of dead carrion on the savannas in Africa. Uh, So let's swoop over this, check it out like we're vultures, and see, oh, maybe this isn't too appetizing. You see, the hyenas have already been all over it. Yeah, the hyenas of government control laughing at us. John Kirby says that, oh, well, you know, he just... He it wouldn't be appropriate. He's not really qualified to speak for all the American people. Well, what the heck do you think this government system is, pinhead? That's exactly what government does. It speaks for people for whom it should not be speaking. 
That's the state. That's the imposition of the state, you jerk. That's the point. Let's hear him again. I think that these voters want to see more money go to processing people to get into this country. Or do you think they want to see the money go to turn people away? And to- So there you go. She's asking a question which on its uh, on the very premise of it is a false dichotomy. Do you think the American people like it's all one mind as long as it's 51 percent? That's the American people. Case closed. Let's move on. Right. Quincy's figured out the answer. It was murder, Sam. Right? Raymond Burr, he won again in Perry Mason, episode 5000. Right? That's ridiculous. So then he answers with this wonderful answer, of course. To stop the influx. Oh, my goodness. I don't think I'm qualified to speak for the American people and what they... Well, then why are you in government? You keep telling us that the government is us, Right? Just the, the fallacies, it's, a, it's either one way or the other, right? But they can have it both ways. Like Scarecrow says, some people go both ways. Whenever they want to go, they'll go any direction they want. I'm not qualified. In other words, well, yeah, we're not really doing what the American public wants, so I'm going to obfuscate. I'm going to deflect. Would, uh, what they specifically want to see about uh, immigration changes. What I would like to, t- to tell them is that uh, President Biden has, since the very beginning, since day one, been... Con- so, so do you remember what Joe Biden did on day one? Because I do. Do you remember what he did? On day one, what Joe Biden did was he canceled the Keystone XL pipeline. That's what he did. And then within a week, he pulled back on all of the uh, drilling leases in the Gulf of Mexico that were supposed to be happening, and he canceled any potential for people to bid on more. And then that entered the courts, and eventually he had to acquiesce on that. And then he went back on the acquiescence, and he did the same thing up in Anwar, where two-thirds of what the Trump administration promised for drilling rights leases, so-called rights, under the unconstitutionally uh, federal government-controlled lands, uh, the Biden administration reneged on two-thirds of those. And yet it was depicted as the Biden administration, when he went with the one-third, contrary to the original agreement that was given uh, years ago during the Trump administration to look for oil in Alaska, why the U.S. government has something to do with Alaska's forests and lands and tundra i don't know it's not in their constitution uh but um uh, that was depicted as him waving the white flag to the oil interests yeah that's what it was now let's hear from martha mccallum because here is the second part of this the border issue as kirby not the game character as i mentioned which is a shame i'd rather have kirby the game character uh the little pink ball uh with mccallum part two here we go What's happening now as a, as a result of that is that the razor wire that was put to prevent people from crossing yeah. is being removed at this point. So I think it's a legitimate question to ask. The president could take executive action on the border. He could, you know, end catch and release so that we wouldn't have thousands of people coming into the country, yeah. 800 gotaways a day. Um, so it doesn't seem like there's a lot of fire in his belly, John, to stop people from entering. It seems that he, he wants... He's okay with the opposite. No, Martha, I kind of would disagree with you. I, I don't. I don't think he's lacking any. Ah, oh, Martha, I kind of would disagree with you there. I'm getting kind of tired. I had some bad prunes. Ah, oh, Martha, I gotta get going. Okay, is there a bathroom nearby? Ah, oh, Martha, I would kind of sort of whatever. Blah. 
I'm getting paid. Whatever. See you later. Thanks, Martha. That was fun. It doesn't make no difference whatsoever anyway. They know they're going to keep going. They're going to keep going. They're going to keep going. They're not going to stop, regardless of what any court says, just like the college loan uh, forgiveness nonsense. They shouldn't be given the college loans in the first place. The Keystone Pipeline shouldn't have been built in the first place because there are a bunch of Indian lands. Almost almost all the regions in North Dakota where the where the Keystone Pipeline was supposed to go, those those lands are originally Indian lands. Okay, and uh, back in October, it was probably uh, maybe the second week of October, I was going through some of the Israeli Gaza stuff, and I went through a lot of the history, many, many, many of the uh, so-called treaties that the American government promised they'd uphold with the Indians, one after the other after the other, completely abrogated, and especially in those lands in North Dakota and South Dakota and Wisconsin, so many of those areas are supposed to be Indian tribal land. It's just amazing. I have to check out all the cuts that I've got here because I want to make sure I do all these things right. Uh, yes. Okay. So I've got that. Now I'm going to go back to the piece for MRC TV. And, uh, yeah, riding strong on the four-hour sleep. Let's continue here because there's more information that I'd like to impart to you. You can find this piece uh, within my Twitter feed over at MRC TV. It's my latest in the bio thing with my picture of the bald head. Uh, but if you want to find it, I did tweet it today, and I'll retweet it tonight. It's also on my uh, Gab feed as well. That's at Gardner Goldsmith. But let's continue. After the Oklahoma story, I mentioned Montana Governor Greg Gianforte. He is, re- of course, a Republican, and he ex Governor at Gra- Greg Abbott, Texas, is doing what at POTUS won't. By refusing to act, President Biden is inviting cartels, illegal drugs, and human trafficking into the United States. We must secure the southern border. Now, there are a lot of assumptions there. First, that it is one uniform southern border working from the end into the or the start of this. Then we've got human trafficking in the United States. I think that that's a valid point to bring up. Uh, if you've got a state that is supposed to be protecting people equally, and they've got laws against human trafficking, kidnapping, especially underage trafficking. That's something to keep in mind. Illegal drugs, that's not something that states are supposed to be involved with in any way whatsoever. And then the cartels. Well, it just so happens in the research I did for my novel Flight, as I mentioned, the uh, the U.S. government actually works with the Sinaloa cartel, gives them an easy ride in the United States because of an agreement that the federal government got, the DEA, Drug Enforcement Agency, got with the Sinaloa cartel many years ago, or probably over a decade ago, that they would work to suppress the other competing drug lords and drug cartels in Mexico and other Central American areas if they would get an easier ride in the United States from the DEA, which is exactly what they got. So that's a little bit of info and maybe a tease for the novel, Flight, which is the sequel to my novella, Bite, which I hope will come out. That's the one that got accepted by a publishing company, and then I declined the contract because they wanted me to go under a pseudonym when I did either my political work or my uh, fiction work, some other name. And I said, no, you know, I'm not going to do that. Why would I do that? That's stupid. So uh, it's it's just, you know, it's, it's classless. It has no integrity whatsoever. It's like, oh. Yeah, well, you know, I don't want anybody. I'd hate to not sell a book because I actually spoke the truth about politics. How shallow is that, right? 
Cheesem. Anyway, leveraging the fatuous January 22nd U.S. Supreme Court ruling that saw Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Amy Coney Barrett side with the left and okay the Biden administration tearing down state border barriers, White House spokesperson Karine Jean-Pierre occluded and further politicized the conflict. So now I want to go back to the point that McCallum brought up, which was wrong. She says, well, can't the president just take executive action here? Let's play that again. What's happening now as a, as a result of that is that the razor wire that was put to prevent people from crossing yeah. is being removed at this point. So I think it's a legitimate question to ask. The president could take executive action. No, the president can't take executive action, Martha. That's the point. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Find us every Monday through Friday on Rockfin, Rumble, and Twitter starting 6 p.m. Eastern Time, live. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy, says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. 